Oh, what the fuck? Oh, I didn't notice that. Uh, is one of you joining a second time? Not me. What? what the fuck? What do you mean? In the ra- wait- Somebody just popped into the waiting room in the last couple of minutes. Not I. Who is it? Oh, I. It's gotta be. It's probably. Is it us? Somehow. I bet it, no, I bet it's Rossi. Why would okay. Rossi? What's he doing We're here? We're so late. Why this would Rossi? I don't episode. know. Maybe he's trying to zoom bomb us or something. Or I don't know who it is. So the name that's listed is Kieran Narice, which I kind of want to let them in and see. It's definitely Rossi then. All right. There's nobody here, you liar. In the in the waiting room. Yeah, but it should show a participant in the waiting room, shouldn't it? No, only if you're the only host. host. All right, well, let them in. Let's see it. Okay, I hit accept. They're not, it's still saying joining. That's weird. This episode is cursed, guys. You've invited yeah. me to a cursed episode. We kind of have. I think so. Well, then you're the, you're the outlier, so it must be your fault. All right, maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's nothing then because. I hit accept and they haven't joined, so y'all got ghosts. I'm just waiting for the fucking Fraser theme to start now. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, never mind. For whatever reason, maybe totally maybe fun. they were trying to join and we then get some Kira failed at that. Oh, 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 no, someone joined. Hello. What the fuck? <laughs> Chris, Caitlin. Ames, Jake, congratulations. This is Colonel Kira wanting to say good for you. 200 episodes of your podcast to start to steer her by. That is no small feat. I'm admiring what you do. I love that you do it. Keep going. Get to 200 more. I'm going to go check you out, and I hope a lot of other people do, too. (laughs) Sending you all my love. (laughs) I'm glad she Zoom-bombed us. Then she just went away. What the fuck, Kira? (laughs) You don't even hang around to talk with us? (laughs) She's going to go check us out. She just said. I guess so. Wow. (laughs) This is why I wanted to see your face, Chris. (laughs) Uh, There goes my plan to one day... Get a cameo for Caitlin from her. <laughs> you still can. Richard Karn it is. Wait, so what just happened? I mean, I know it was a cameo, but she, was she really here? No, no, no they were recorded. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's what I thought. Oh my god. That's why you cared about my face. Crying. Oh, and I'm hidden. Yep, of course <laughs> Again. you are. Again. It's fine. <laughs> well, we can't see it. We can't see it. It's not, the video isn't recorded, so it's okay. Well, I wanted to see... Really, I wanted to see Caitlyn, because I knew Caitlyn would lose her mind. <laughs> she did. She did. Yeah. Oh, God, please don't actually check it out. Yeah, that's no. what I said. I was like, oh, God, please don't. <laughs> the episodes oh. we currently have up are some of the good ones. And our 200th episode uh, anniversary spectacular, for all those of you who haven't checked it out yet, is absolutely awesome. Oh no, Caitlin needs to recover. Caitlin's gonna cry throughout the rest of this episode. I am, I am gonna cry. No, I was helping Jake set this up because he said I want to test if this will work on Zoom. Um, (sighs) And then I started crying, so. (laughs) Do they, okay, so like, do we have access to that video? Yeah, I I have the video, that's. 
So Ugh. I wasn't actually having audition problems. I was having problems getting that video. To oh, work. you're such a sneak. I expected <laughs> that's what it was, too. Uh, so. All right. Anyway, yeah, I She's do have the Glenn. video. Uh, so if you want it and if you want to share it, uh, I will send it to you. Yeah, thank you very I much. Think, I think we should share it. I think it's ab I think it's absolutely lovely. And I think Kira is like the perfect choice because she's such a sweetheart. Oh man, I'm still losing it. Sorry. <laughs> Aww. Aww. And I'm glad Liz was here to to. to I I feel honored to be able to see it. Oh, I just pulled out my nose ring, blowing my nose. So <laughs> we're doing great here. <laughs> oh no, Dorian! Don't do that. Where Fix your hair. Go? You look a mess. Oh no, I hope it's not in the tissue. Oh god. oh god. I don't know where my nose ring went. Snotty nose ring. Good, I I'm still glad see we're getting something in I'm, your nose. I'm glad we're getting the nose ring uh issue on on tape as well. Well there's the there's the septum <gasps> piercing, but then there's a stud. Oh I see, I see, gotcha, gotcha. It's the stud that fell out. Yes, it did. Shit balls. Uh, yeah, no, if the right, septum I'm piercing good. fell out, that would be a bigger issue, because that's really in there. Ugh. She'd be bleeding all over the place. Ugh. What the fuck is wrong with you? Stating wow. effect. Say these horrible things to our friends. Now that's a deviated septum. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> all right, well. Oh, that was really cool. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Thank you. Thank you, Jake. That's the best. That and I'm nice. honestly, I'm really glad Liz was here for that, too, because that was cool. <laughs> it was very cool. still haven't introduced ourselves no i haven't even said hello and welcome he is not. Yet. here we go hello and welcome yet to a star to steer her by a star trek podcast my name is jake and i'm joined by chris ames and caitlin and and liz and liz, liz is here and an our visitor uh, oh no i'm sorry i'm not gonna be able to live up to that bye liz um, <laughs> Hi, okay. Liz. Welcome uh, to the show. You. This is episode 202. And we will be talking about two episodes of... I was going to say A Star to Steer Her By. We'll be talking about also our that. two episodes of A Star to Steer Her By. So go back and listen to those, and then we'll talk about them. <laughs> it's going to be episodes um, uh, 37 and, I don't know, 103. I yep. didn't agree with Chris in that episode. Mm. <laughs> Oh God, that's what that's what we're gonna be if Star Trek ever ends, because we're not gonna stop doing this podcast. We're just gonna have to start getting all meta. <laughs> but no, we are actually watching two episodes of Deep Space Nine. 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 Number uh, Deep Space Nine. 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 <laughs> <laughs> the episodes we'll be talking about this week are Doctor Bashir. And a simple investigation. A simple investigation. Not so simple, though, is it? Anyway, in Dr. Bashir, I presume, Dr. Bashir is presumed <laughs> innocent until proven guilty. Or is he? Because it sounds like it's his dad who's guilty Whoa. of 
making doing con shit. Anyway, no, the the station is visited by Dr. Lewis Zimmerman, played by the EMH from Voyager, and he shows up to say, hey, I'm working on a new version of the EMH. Oh, by the way, I'm the guy that invented the EMH, and I'm working on a new version of it, and you've been selected, Dr. Bashir, to be the, the new model for the EMH, although this is not an EMH, it's a it's an LMH for long-term medical thing. So, uh, <clears throat> thing doesn't start with an H. Hing. Oh yeah, hing. Hing. Mm. Anyway, uh, so they start. So he's, you know, he's kind of abrasive and kind of a douche, Doctor Zimmerman. That is, but he's re- and he's really like pressing in to get details of of Julian's life uh, in order to make the hologram as authentic as possible. So he's interviewing everybody, all of Julian's friends. He's getting Both creepy with tits. Lita. He <sighs> he want he sees her Lita's and and wants a motorboat. Nah. And uh, he does the, the all these interviews, and then finally uh, he's like, "Oh, I want to interview your parents." And 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 uh, Bashir's like, "No, don't do that. They're assholes." Uh, so then he, uh, Doctor Zimmerman, that is, calls. Julian's parents, I guess, and is like, hey, get your asses out here. I need to interview you. Stat. So they show up and, um, you know, his dad's kind of got this like, I don't know if it's like a, like a, they were trying to do like a lower class they accent were. with him, trying oh, to make him seem. Cockney. He's cocky. Yeah. AF. But, you know, it, not, not the, not the parents you would imagine for Julian. Um, I don't think. So. Turns out, Julian's like, don't you talk to the doctor. Don't you tell him anything about the secret genetic engineering you had done on me, which was fucking illegal. And his dad's like, I would never do that, son. Um, I would sweep this chimney, though. So then so then his 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 dad goes to sickbay like he feels bad. They have this fight. So he goes to sickbay and he sees Julian. He's like, oi, governor, I just want to tell you that... I won't tell the doctor about the secret illegal thing, genetic engineering thing we did to you. So don't worry about it. Oi, governor. Cheers. And then he leaves. And uh, oh, no, that wasn't Julian he was talking to. It was the test version of the hologram. And Miles and the doctor Zimmerman heard all of it. Uh Oh, so it turns out that Julian has actually been genetically engineered. He was a dumb dumb as a as a kid putting round blocks in the square block hole and vice versa. It was terrible. And uh, his parents are like, well, we can't have this dumb, dumb kid. And I'm shady, speaking as the father here. Oh, I'm a shady bloke. So I'm going to go off planet and bring this little baby. And we're going to we're going to put him up in the in the uh, uh, and then you know we're gonna turn them into genetics. Yep. And then and if the bobbies ever catch us, we'll be scuba de doos. So um Accurate. that's basically that's exactly how the scene played what it out. Was and your impression is spot on, complete with yep. the swinging arm movement. That's that is the required <laughs> way to pronounce Cockney. So yeah, so it turns out his dad and and his mom too, but probably mostly his dad because you know his mom seems fairly normal, but the dad seems like a real piece of work. You know, had him genetically engineered because he was underperforming all of his childhood stuff. And that's how, that's why Julian is smart. But that's really fucking illegal in the Federation because of con and shit. So Julian's like, well, now that my secret's out, I'm going to be barred from Starfleet and my dad's going to be executed. But it turns out it wasn't all that bad after all, because 
the only consequence is that his dad has to go to a, uh, you know, a, a minimum security prison for a couple of years, which, you know, I'm imagining minimum security prison in Federation times is not so bad. Especially as Chris pointed out in New Zealand, it's probably Oh, lovely. yeah. He's fucking going on the Lord of the Rings tour. Jesus. Ooh. That's um, actually his sentence. He has to guide the tours. That's right. As a he has to work in Hobbiton. He has to live in one of the Hobbit holes. So he'll always be banging his head on things. That sounds right. But anyway, uh, and Julian gets to stay in Starfleet, but he's not going to be a magic hologram man. He's just going to be plain old, genetically perfect Julian. And he lets Miles win at darts. Hmm. Darts. What about our B-plot, Jake? Oh, and our (sighs) (laughs) B-plot. Ah. So Rom is is having some trouble working up the courage to talk to Lita about how he wants to motorboat her. And uh, Lita really wants to be motorboated by Rom, but instead Ooh, that's it's... that snaggletooth? Yikes. I know, right? Instead it's Zim, it's old Dr. Zim that wants to, um, that wants to do the motoring. You might, wanna, um, you might say Dr. Zim is invading their relationship. Hey. Oh, wow. So uh so anyway, so Lita mm. keeps like dropping massive hints to Rom, like, please, please come on to me, make a pass at me. God damn it. Seriously, he's all but written it on her forehead. Uh, her but cool. Rom keeps, tried that. keeps chickening out at the last minute. Uh and then at the very last minute, she's just about to leave the station with Dr. Zimmerman to go to his motorboat Bo- marina. Oh. And um just as they're about to board the shuttle, Rom runs in and says, no, oh, I love you. And she's like, I love you, too. I'm also Mickey Mouse. Wow. And uh, and uh, they live happily ever after, I guess. And I Dr. Really... Zimmerman is like is really broken up about it until he realizes that, hmm, I could just make I could just make a, a, a hologram model. It doesn't even have to have a face. Oh, no. I that just hope I I. Yeah, forgot Chase Masterson. I hope for Chase Masterson's sake they uh had Mac Grodenchick remove the false teeth before uh, the kiss. Oof. Mm. Didn't yeah, look this like is it. the week for uncomfortable kisses with weird prosthetics, isn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah, and it's weird with this with this B plot. Let's start with the B plot a little bit here. Cause I assumed they were kind of already seeing each other. Yeah, I kind of thought that too. Yeah, they they look to have just been kind of buddies. Because many episodes ago, Lita said, "I'm I'm gonna I'm see." I thought she said she was seeing Rom. No, I think she said she ha- she she was attracted to Rom. She said on uh, Rising that she was attracted Bashir to Bashir because she had feelings for Rom. Yeah, but apparently yeah. she's still stuck in like 1956, where like she has to wait for him to ask her to the yeah. sock hop or some shit. It's yeah, probably and- a Bajoran thing. No, it's a no, this show it's a- is written by men thing. Like yeah, no, no, I know. If we had to- men of a certain age. If we had to write it off in universe, we could explain it that way. Mm. Bajorans do have a lot of weird protocols and stuff. Mm. Also, way to like set up a weird false dichotomy in this episode to be like. Well, if it can't be Rom, it has to be Doctor Zimmerman, and she has to leave. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if that's true. I'm no. sure she could just not go with either of them if she doesn't want. Well, it. that's true, but on the other hand, Doctor Zimmerman was going to give her, you know, a good opportunity career-wise that she her wasn't going to get 
on yeah, but she was going to be a captive woman for him. Yeah, like, in exchange, to, yeah, like basically in exchange, she would have given up all of her friends and life and so like social life. And the only person she would know there would be a guy who's creeping on her that she may or may not like. That's uh, right. And then she wouldn't well, be able to get away running, from him after that. If she's running her own cafe, presumably she could afford her own apartment. Presumably. But then she would still yeah, be stuck living that's not, with him that, around. Th- there's, there's an implication yeah. in this episode. Yeah. Well, it's, that's, it's like, well, so that's either, gross. Either it she is. stays here and gets creeped on by her current boss, or goes to Jupiter Station and gets creeped on by Dr. Zimmerman. Either way, it's awful. Well, Quark wasn't even just creeping on her. This episode, he was like super negging her, yeah, he telling was. her like oh, he was how she's form. just a body and she's not intelligent, and her and how his suddenly his esteem of his brother is quite high in spite of him like being in Starfleet because he's like he needs a woman with brains as well as a hot bod. I think it's just more him not wanting Rom to have her. <laughs> oh. mm. it, it it's like. For both for both of these episodes this week, it's like some someone remembered that Quark was uh, a creeper and just shitty to women back in like season one. Yeah. They're like, well, remember let's not forget that, that time. Remember that time that having sex with him was part of the contract. Let's <laughs> let's bring that back. It's really that. hard no to who missed that. Yeah, I didn't. Like, it's nice to have a flaw like that, but at the same time, it's. They're not doing a good job of blending it with the personality we've come to appreciate. Well, thing, like, like the character we've come to know and love. No, not at all. They spent five years making him better, and then they're just like, eh. Yeah. Well, also, I think the fact that there's no no consequences to it, like yeah. he can just he can just be a shithead with impunity now. Yeah. I mean, um, the women in this episode in general are just sort of there like lita lita yeah. is the most active one and even there she even then she's actively there she's actively like i'm here reminding you to do something and ask me out and yeah. then amsha bashir is just sort of there you know she gets one monologue which was nice but it felt like it was too late but we can talk about that yeah, later. yeah oh yeah no definitely like if they if she wasn't there bashir's mother it it wouldn't have made a difference Nothing because and the only thing anybody paid attention to was the thing was the father yeah because he had he had personality and they just well, they just forgot to write a personality for her. Well, he's also an uh, an actual screen actor, and she was not. But yeah, I looked her up. What's yeah. the deal? Did your book explain where they found her? Yes, they did. Here's Thank the you. deal. But I, I do want to still go back to the ROM thing, but let's totally. talk about this for, for a hot second. The woman who played Amsha Bashir was, I'm going to pronounce this wrong and I apologize, Fadwa El-Gindi, who was actually a uh, professor of anthropology at one of the universities out there. Who did community theater and since it is oh. apparently very difficult to find an arab presenting actress they kind of found her and said here's here's one who will do a role because i guess in like i, I guess acting is looked down upon in islam and there aren't very mm. many muslim actresses that you will see and they found her doing community theater and she came in and was very nervous uh, I think she still did a lovely job with the role she yeah, was given. Yeah, I thought so too. Mm. That does explain though why they didn't write her a bigger role, I guess. Yeah. Well, I but feel again, like she also had... it was 
Go ahead. Go ahead, Liz. I'm just, she, I feel like she wasn't entirely unskilled. Like, the monologue was very heartfelt and nice. It was. It was yeah. a nice um, monologue. I think they could have written a bigger part for her. I also, like, just uh, the, explan- the, the, the religious explanation of why there aren't more Arab women in, in roles doesn't quite sell it to me either, because that I just, the roles aren't even written in the first place, so, like... It's 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 the it's the you know the the weird the cycle of representation you know like conundrum all over again like if mm-hmm. the roles aren't out there like the roles for Arabs in general are terrorists you know like it's gotten better but even then uh, only by only by so much and you know like now they can be they can be terrorists or taxi drivers and like most and those are role, those are roles all for men so like if the roles aren't even there in the first place. You know, they just won't come out. And if they don't come out, then less of them get into acting. Yeah. Like, I'm sure the religious this, angle this is, is part of it, but like, book. yeah, I just like, I'm just wondering how much of that. Yeah. Anyway. At well, least I mean, they didn't whitewash her. Yes, that's true. There is but that. they actually found someone this time. Yes. I think that's it's true. also just, um, Liz, I agree with you just because I know we have seen this in our own like acting circles that it's hard to find actors of color generally and it's like well it's like a chicken and the egg right it's like well are they just not interested in acting or is it because there aren't enough roles and then they just don't get into it is it because if you don't say specifically we want actors of color then you don't get actors of color to come out anyway like it's not like they don't exist in the world it's just that they don't exist in the spaces where shows like this are casting because why should they be there waiting for this one role to show up when there are other things they should be doing with their lives yeah. 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 I, no, an important an important point. I also though, I mean, I agree a hundred percent, but I also feel like they probably if if the in all of Hollywood, if the only mm. Middle Eastern looking woman they could find was in community theater, I don't think they were looking very hard. I agree. In LA, mm. I agree. One hundred percent. Yeah, it is still a little, like, strange. Um, again, glad they didn't whitewash or, you oh, know, God, pull a con and just, like, some shit. get a Hispanic get a Mexican? person and say, yeah. close enough! Well, no, yeah. he wasn't. He was he was Spanish, right? Like, uh, well, ethnically Spanish? He was Mexican-born. No, con- Ricardo Montalban was, was uh, Mexican by birth. His parents were both Spanish. So he was, okay. was second-generation Mexican. Gotcha. So he is Mexican. And- he was very much a white Mexican. Yeah, he, he looked. And he Khan looks like is a supposed Spaniard. to be Indian, so either way, yeah. like yeah, he got exactly. away with it because he was a white Mexican. But like, and it was Spaniards, the 60s. Spaniards, like many Spaniards, have an Arabian look because of Moorish ancestry, which is like that's that's in you know my my lighter skin side of the family has the same thing. So that's how we got away with it. But really. Uh, you know, if they'd done it over again, they, you know, of course they made a, they cast well, someone they, in the role they, of Khan so they today. Do they do would it over never again cast a white worse. actor as Khan again. Yes, <laughs> ah, God. They got a do-over and they fucked it up again. They made so him so even badly. whiter. What? They somehow made him the whitest. Hey, let's get a Britisher. <laughs> well, it was also just a bad movie, so yes, fuck yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway, we're not anyway, there yet. Yeah, I'm also yeah. going to give Fadwa a little extra credit because she's also... Paired up with Brian George, who is in exactly everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's like, funny though is, is like, I all, I mean, and probably just because I most recognize him from Seinfeld, where he plays like the worst stereotype oh, of no. like a Pakistani person. 
Yep. Um, yes. And like, That's so true. like when I see him, I'm like, oh, there's Babu. And I'm like, oh, God, Babu. Yeah, I haven't he's seen not... Seinfeld. I know him from The Expanse primarily, and then oh, and then oh, that's right, he is on The Expanse. I'm so pissed at The Expanse, and I don't know the story, but he used to play Arjun Avasarala and and had like whoa chemistry with Christian, and then they replaced him with a different actor and table flip. But that actor is is that actor Indian or Pakistani or is he Middle Eastern? Uh, Brian George. Yeah. I have his page open right now. He he's actually he often a white played, man. He is an well, Israeli. He's obviously not a white man, but I'm just wondering, like, because they're having him here play presumably, you know, Bashir. Well, Bashir's. I don't know if they ever are clear on like what Bashir's ancestry is or what even ancestry means in the 24th century. But I, th- I yeah. thought that was an interesting choice. Actually, that was something I noted about the Bashirs is that. I would say they're both, I mean, they're both, like, I would say Richard Bashir is is most likely meant to be of Middle Eastern descent. Like, he's, yeah. he's most likely meant to be Arab, but he's very much an Englishman. So, because the, the their choices were, for in terms of representation in this case, would be, like, because Julian's English. So, do they make the Bashirs English of Arab descent? Do they make them, or do we want to represent actual you know like arabs you know native arabs and they just sort of split it down the middle i like that they mixed it too because it kind of see you you end up seeing bashir kind of in all these different lights yeah and the comment that i read that i'm not i can't take credit for because i read this in my book is that you, you can say because his father was kind of you know cockney lower class british and his mother was somewhere middle east i don't know if they if they make it clear in in any case Mm. um but definitely has that accent and Bashir has an entirely different accent that you can say that all of Bashir is manufactured. Mm. Mm. Whether by him yeah. or his parents or the, the gene therapy or what have you that they did to him. Or by education. Yeah. At least in terms of his accent. His accent is... Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that would be attributed to just education and environment. Yeah, or, or just, you know, to him being like, I don't want to sound like my dad. I'm going to mm. lean towards... Well, yeah. People. So there's an interesting interesting parallel with Bashir to another character that is a Ronald D. Moore character who is 100% based on Bashir, which is the character of Gaius Baltar in Battlestar Galactica. Uh... Because basically it's Bashir. Yep. He's, he's, a, he's a, you know, the, a brilliant scientist, moral questionability, a bit of a, a, bit of a, a dog with women. And when... Um, and we later find out in the series, Balsar Galactica, spoiler alert, that even though he talks with his very proper British accent, in fact, he comes from the lower classes. And his and his dad is much like uh, Bashir's dad is like this cockney British lower class guy. And Baltar has been spending his whole life essentially trying to hide that side of himself by adopting this this more upper upper class accent. So I find it interesting, you know, because those they're both Ronald D. Moore. I mean, I wouldn't say Bashir is a Ronald D. Moore character, because I don't think Ronald Moore it's I call him a Michael Pillar character that all yeah. the all all the rest of the writing staff helped to build after but, um, his original creation. But I feel like Ronald D. Moore, who also created uh who did create um Battlestar Galactica, like was like, oh, I want to explore more Julian stuff, so I'll create a character that's basically Julian with a very similar backstory. Mm. You know mm. what's funny is I don't, 
I forget if I had seen this one before or if I just happened to know at some point that Julian was uh, uh, genetically augmented in some way. But I misremembered this as Julian not having known beforehand that he was genetically engineered and learning in mm. this episode and feeling horrified. And I apparently made that up entirely. But <laughs> No, but I mean, he didn't really understand what had been done to him until he was 15. Which, uh, man, like, I was thinking of that, like, God, you're 15 years old. You're in that awful, horrible period where you're trying to kind of build an identity for yourself. And in the middle of all that, it's like, son, we have some news. <laughs> oh, God, I'm adopted. No, no, uh, you're just an illegal science experiment. I feel like Bashir would like that kind of thing, though. Like, he wanted to be his own grandpa. He wants to be this special case thing. <laughs> well, but he, clearly, though, he doesn't. Like, this... Like, he is clearly deeply upset. As far as he's concerned, he's not even the person he was born as. Like, this gave him an existential crisis that he's been carrying for, like, 17 years now. I mean... He calls himself a freak. Yeah, he calls himself yeah. Julian instead of Jules, and... You know, I mean, like... For all that he's done, on to some extent, you know, he's got the ultimate imposter syndrome because he's like, this isn't really me. This was stuff that was done to me when I was a child. And, like, it, it, it in a weird way, like, totally explains a lot of young Julian. Hmm. It's yeah, sort of true. overcompensating for this this feeling of everything I've accomplished is, is... Fraudulent. Is fraudulent. He probably threw that one question on purpose. Yeah. I've seen that reference before. I've seen that as the reason why he wasn't valedictorian. Uh, also, though, he should have been able to make it as a tennis superstar if he's so perfect. Well, just like, you know, in, you know, even in, uh, what's that fucking movie? Gattaca, mm. you know, where everybody is genetically engineered yeah um, you know the the main character's brother who is you know the so the main character uh ethan hawks i don't remember the character's name but ethan hawks characters in that movie is um you know he's he's one of the natural births that is imperfect and he's you know he's myopic and he's got you know other medical problems he's got a heart condition uh so basically he can't get any good job Whereas his brother is a um, genetically perfect individual. I won't spoil too much of the movie, but the good movie. Uh, end mm -hmm. of the day, his brother also his brother actually has a fatal flaw. So that even though like he was theoretically superior in almost every way, there is a fatal flaw that he has that uh, that his that his brother is able to best him in a certain activity. Is it his so Achilles heel? <laughs> his penis is a little too big, and when he gets aroused, he gets lightheaded. Right. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like with this, it's like, yeah, even even with all of Julian's augmentation, he's still not the best, at least in some areas, I think, is, is, an, is a nice thought. Yeah, yeah. It's actually, it's quite fascinating, because oh, the original ending of this was going to be, Miles discovers that Zimmerman is trying to, like, throw the the experiment so that when they keep using the EMH because he's that's fucking selfish <laughs> that he likes the EMH because it has his face so he's like I'm going to secretly sabotage the ML uh, LMH and O'Brien catches him and they come up with this compromise that okay I won't tell anyone that you're compromising the LM the the LMH 
if you don't tell anybody that Ju- that Julian is genetically engineered, and then Siddig comes to them and says, "That's I don't like that because that means for all future episodes, I'm going to have to be playing like I'm lying, and yeah. this is going to have to be present all the time." Yeah, and that's I don't like that. Point. And it also like mm, that's I also just dumb. Look too, dumb. too too ahead, but there are. There, this this does have an impact on the show going forward, and there are other episodes that kind of build on this idea about his genetic. Uh, yeah, it's fascinating. You mean manipulation? You mean aside from him whipping O'Brien's ass at darts every time? From <laughs> That's now right. On? He damn well better. Well, no, no. Now he's you know he's halfway behind a plinth, so that's even <laughs> things out. Yeah, I really loved that because as as they were going back to to darts. I was like, some genetically engineered, perfect human, he can't even whip uh, O'Brien at darts, and then they started having the conversation about how he's just been going easy on him, and I was like, alright, good. Which is funny, because this this is an episode I actually remembered really well, including the uh, darts punchline. I, I called the, we'll just try it with you blindfolded next time. I called <laughs> that the split second before they said it. <laughs> I do like... Just how much O'Brien loves Bashir in this episode. Like, how much his love is on display here. Yeah. But don't tell him. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that was a great scene. Just because, like, you're not going to tell him. He's not going to hear this, no? But he's great, and all the hearts, and I love him so much. Well, and especially because they led up to it with other people being like, he never fucking shuts up. He's kind of a know-it-all. He's kind of this, he's kind of that. And O'Brien's just like, you're not going to tell him about all this mushy shit I'm about to say, are you? <laughs> I don't want him to know. I so prefer sweet. him to Keiko. Oh, he does. <laughs> I mean, and yeah. it's true. Yeah, it's I a thought toss up. Keiko They're gets both it. very pretty. Uh, I thought the interview montage was a little bit silly. Jadzia says that her all of Julian's unwanted advances were just fine. I'm like, God damn it, boys. Written by men. Yeah, yeah I was gonna was, say that's yeah. just more evidence that this episode has has a serious woman problem. I mean, yeah. the show as a whole does, but this episode. This episode kinda, was odd. It, I felt like it was another episode all. that was tonally all over the place. Yeah, because they had this very they had all these silly silly ideas. And then, whether it was the writers or the producers that said, okay, now let's make it a little, let's add some serious stuff with the genetic engineering, and let's have some serious stuff going on in the meantime, but most of the rest of it is silly, goofy shenanigans, and I'm like, ah, god damn this episode. I want to know, I want to do the serious stuff. The silly stuff is dumb. I even feel like structurally, a lot of this stuff could have been made to work a lot better for the main dramatic plot. Like, the interview montage... It could have been used a lot more effectively with like to to polish things off a bit more in terms of like, you know, especially in an era where, you know, everything wasn't on demand and streaming. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, just sort of like, let's let's take a second and put a spotlight on Bashir and what we what we've gotten to know about him so far. And here are all these characters with these things to say about him. And then now that we've reviewed all of that, let us reveal what's you know like this imposter aspect to him this fraudulent aspect to him that undermines everything about him Hmm. is it also an odd choice when you're making a medical hologram program to base it on just one person and make it effectively a double or make it effectively you know a doppelganger of one person instead of trying to like make it a composite of many people and all of their different uh attributes and traits i felt like it was 
forced well, in that it, regard. Yeah, I, it made no did... sense. It felt like it was done done just just to like give an excuse to peer into Bashir's personal life when like it's like, oh well, you know, we wanna have all his favorite foods and whatnot so that he feels like a complete person. Like, okay, yeah, but now every ship like it's just gonna become a thing where like everyone knows you know, the LMH's favorite food when, like, <laughs> why can't this be customizable depending on, you know, the personality of the crew yeah. and the personality and of the ship? and then we get Rios and Picard and it's all good. Well, like, also, mm. like, why couldn't they just, you know, have a, a variety of different potential personality traits and it's just randomized or something, right. you know? Because, like, or different, like different medical staff, different crew in general, like, it should be customizable and malleable. And, like, what's interesting is, you know, it's kind of a shame that we're not watching this concurrently with voyager mm. because i don't want to say too too much but i think we kind of have to we can't avoid talking a little bit about the emh right um because in voyager there you know spoiler alert there is a character who is the emh and it's played by what robert, robert picardo, picardo the same actor that plays dr zimmerman you know like um, like the songs and like yeah. it's, and it's true like when when the emh first is brought online in voyager he's very much no personality he's kind of like zimmerman um <laughs> abrasive and just gets pissed off if you leave the room with the you know forget to turn him off when you leave and eventually they, they start adding character traits to him just by virtue of being left on all the time for you know a program that's only intended to be run short term in emergencies in emergencies you know he's he's he is this chief medical officer on voyager so it's interesting you know they talk they talk in this and obviously in universe they have no idea that voyager is even a ship that still exists that i think i the voyager is presumed lost yeah so though having dr zimmerman talking about like how oh you know the the lmh will be for long-term use because the emh could never be left on very long and you know people People watching the episode are like, I know the secret. You can definitely leave the EMH on and it's just fine. (laughs) I did like the brief appearance of an EMH being like, wait a minute, who's this asshole? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Mainly, I think Robert Picardo just nails nails the roles. And he also just in the brief moment you see the EMH, you see how he has a very different personality. Like he stands more straight. He talks a little bit differently than than. Um, he managed Lewis. not to creep on every woman in the room. Well, I guess there weren't any women in the room, but yeah. still. I like seeing him. Speaking of yeah. creeping on the women in the room, I wanted to get back to Lita, because oh, of yeah. course I did. Um, oh. Because I thought it was the biggest goddamn fucking bullshit that when she's hanging out talking with Lewis, that her towel just falls off. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, that now was awful. Now I'm naked. Cringe. Mm. Oh, I'd, I'd well, you know, at least he was a that. doctor, so he was able able to keep it professional. You know, yeah. uh, technically, he's not a medical doctor, so that's not a real doctor, and we probably shouldn't <laughs> call them doctors if they're not medical doctors. Yes, like please if call you know, him kiddo. Even, yeah, kiddo <laughs> is acceptable. <laughs> or any other everyone. patronizing yeah. term, please use that in place of doctor for non medical doctors. Mm. Thank you. Topical. Hey. Hey, it'll still be topical when this episode airs. Yeah, it's going to be topical for at least the next four years. Yeah, I was going to say, it's going to continue it. to I'm be glad, though, topical. Can I just say, just aside, Yes. politics corner? Yes, we usually do. But, like, if these are the types of scandals we're going to be getting 
thank God. Okay? <laughs> because, yes, it's stupid. It's petty. But, like, whether or not you could call the first lady a doctor, that is such a better fucking scandal than grab her by the pussy. Can Really? Mm-hmm. Like... Mm-hmm. And really, no one should be surprised that the Wall Street Journal published that opinion piece. It's Jesus the Wall Christ. Street Journal. Yeah. They're like... Are they owned by News Corp? I don't even know, but they've always been ultra conservative because they're the mm. Wall Street Journal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, I'm ready to shit on women some more because I also wanted to bring up <laughs> Prinadora. Prinadora, Rom's first wife, whom we hear the story oh, of yeah. in the most convoluted yeah. way ever. When Quark says, you remember your first white Prinadora? Well, I'm going to tell you the story anyway, because the audience needs to know. I'm like, God yeah. damn it, writers. I did find it really interesting. It never occurred to me how, you know, but it's like, you can have just a, a, a term marriage contract because you want a kid. It makes sense for the Ferengi, to be entirely it does. honest. It makes entire sense. Not only had I not thought about that as a concept, I, like, somehow had never even thought, yes, Rom must at some point have procreated, being that he has a child. Mm. So I was like, oh, yeah, I guess he must have done the deed at some point. Yuck. Mm-hmm. Gross. <laughs> Thanks, again, this I mean, show. Yes, it's making, it's more shitty Ferengi stuff. And we know that, like, Ferengi culture in general is, is kind of shitty, not to be racist, but it is. But I think, I don't know, I, I basically the idea is that the marriage contract is closer to like a surrogacy contract, or at least it could have been, but instead it's, it's like a forced relationship because it note that he didn't go into the contract with Prinidora. He went yeah. into the contract with Prinidora's father yeah because mm-hmm. yeah. is a woman she doesn't have rights to, to yeah like, do her own contract which right. is you know again more gross ferengi shit mm. and the fact that like all of this happens and then the the episode the writers deliberately make rom the victim of this situation you bought this woman and then she didn't want to be with you you poor baby I think it was like, that her father didn't want her to continue being with him because he no, fell in so, love with sound, her. No, it sounded like he went into the contract. It was a five-year contract, and then he wanted to extend the contract, which the father agreed to. Oh, I missed this. And then he paid for the... But the father agreed to, but jacked up the price, you know, because mm-hmm. supply and demand. He's got one daughter, and, and she's now and in high demand. So he's like, gonna, he screwed him know, in the contract. The, the yeah, free market dictates... So the father screwed Rom on the second contract, and then because Ron was now poor, Prinadora uh-huh. just left him. And eventually found a more wealthy suitor. Yeah. That's so bitch. but like in like, sure, whatever. That's Ferengi shit. But the fact that this is this story is told as a tale of woe for Whoa. Rom. And Prinadora is the bitch in this situation. She's the shrew pretty... ex-wife. Yeah, it's like, what? What the fuck? What is wrong with this show? Who's writing this shit? Well, it's also being told by Quark, so... Yeah, yeah but yeah. we're also meant to feel bad for Rom in this episode. We really are. We really yeah, are. Yeah, I suppose that's like, true. Like, like authorial are... voice is definitely not really killing itself to, you know, put Quark in his place or... No, so, not at all. He gets or to, away with or to question any of any of the misogyny being exhibited. The authorial voice yeah. is just sort of like that. Boys, this is what we do. Women, they're shrews. 
Yeah, and it's not that, like, the marriage didn't work because she didn't love him or something. You know, like, he, he got his heart broke because, you know, because she was awful or whatever. It was, he got his heart broke because because of a bad, you know, a bad business, a bad slave ownership deal that didn't work out. It's like, yeah. what yeah. the well, We also don't know what? if she loved him or not. It, well, we it just don't know. He fell in it love with It doesn't really her. matter, though. And then, yeah, I just, I, because I know the Ferengi and how they work, my thought was just, I just was blaming the father primarily. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, right. that's no not question. It's Rom, script. well, no, but I, I don't, Rom has culpability here. Oh, yeah. But as a member of Ferengi society, whatever. It's still fucked up. Yeah, like, I, did, I didn't think, and again, this might just be me, because I, again, I think you're right that the, the authorial voice didn't, uh, say this per se, but my thought was like, Trinidor really has no rights in her world, so I wasn't thinking, ah, that Trinidora, I was like, ah, that Trinidora's father. No, but instead what we get is the only, like, the only mention of her having any agency was to, you know... Leave him leave, for a richer Leave Rom for, for superficial to, reasons. To, no, no, she didn't not just break his heart, but also break the contract, which also makes her treacherous in business and also leaves nog entirely with with rom yeah well that probably yeah, breaks think, nog's heart a little bit i don't know what their relationship was abandons her child yeah truly yeah. Nog although is i the imagine the original contract was like as he it specifically said he wanted a child so the original contract was probably always that if he if she breaks the contract he gets to keep the kid. well like if he were if he had the contract yeah that's really like the end of the contract if he hadn't extended presumably nog would have gone with him anyway so Nog could have been raised from the off to be like, don't mm. get too attached. This is temporary. Yeah, it makes me interested. That's like so what the gross. What yeah. Ishka's contract with their father was, because you can see like Quark and Rom definitely had a relationship with Mugi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, theirs was definitely a different kind. Cause, Probably. I mean, Mugi seemed to actually love her husband for all that he was a fucking well, inept here, here's, twit. Okay, if, if I were to speculate... I would say that on Ferenginar, like, you can find a mate just like you would anywhere. Yeah. You know, you go to the, the bar or whatever, and, you know, you meet up and you get married and you, and I'm sure the marriage is a contract. Oh, I. You know, it's 100% a business deal. All Ferengi have prenups. But if you, um, but if you're someone like Rom, who is extremely timid with women, uh, who would never you know, go on a date, uh, or if he did, it would be a disaster. The alternative there is you probably go on to some kind of a market Yeah. to be like, all right, look through the catalog. Oh, here's, here's an attractive woman. She's got jeans I like. So... Um, I thought their women weren't I'll supposed con- to wear clothing. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yes. Yes. But you know, and then you make, and then, so that's the other way to get a marriage is you basically, yeah. you know, make a deal with somebody's parents. Yeah. Which is not unlike, you know, Vulcan marriage or yeah. marriage on many places on earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I have the funnest fun fact about Prinadora. Oh, yeah? Uh, there will, I'll probably bring her up again in the future because in a future episode, she was supposed to appear. Oh, we no. never do actually see Prinadora, and apologies for that. I'm sure it would have been an interesting storyline. So I'll bring her up again in that regard. But 
since they did have Prinadora cast for that role, she did eventually start touring conventions as Prinadora, and they would act out the scene that would have been in that episode. What? In, in the little segment they used to do called the Ferengi Family Hour. <laughs> which sounds absolutely adorable. And yes. at one point, the actress uh, da, 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 Lolita Fatjo, not sure if I'm pronouncing oh. that right, was engaged to Max Grodenchik. Oh, yeah. I mean, she already works on the show. Yeah. What? Yeah, she's she was, like... On what? She's like a, a um, behind-the-scenes type. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I've noticed her oh. name in the credits before because it's such a weird name. That isn't just meat cute. That's dare I say printadorable. Okay, so that's so if they were just going to wow, if they were just going to. I love you, games. Caitlin. Thank you, Ames. I love you too. I would say it would be pretty weird if like some some random actress was like, "Yes, I was cast in a show brief, you know, but the episode never filmed or the storyline got dropped, but I'm going to still appear at conventions." Yeah, it doesn't that's make a little it look strange. Weird. I think I'm gonna try that. I'm just gonna <laughs> show up and be like, "Well, you see, I was see, I was the original uh, person cast for Captain Pike in Discovery, uh, but in the but I, the dates didn't work out, so they ended up going with Anson Mount. But uh, I was I was there first. <laughs> I just well, like Jake, to point out she actually worked on the show because you have like, all the actual uh, you have all of the uniforms, so you actually probably <laughs> could really sell True. it. True. Yeah. Oh wow, she was actually. I didn't realize that she worked on TNG. She worked on Voyager. Oh, first okay. Contact. All right, all right. She, she's legit. She gets yeah, a pass. No, she's legit. Holy crap! Well, I hope that Ferengi Family Hour exists on YouTube somewhere. Oh yeah, we should try to find delightful. it. We should. That could be a ten forward. See, all of this <laughs> was far more interesting than just the way it was covered in the episode itself. Yeah, that's true. Like Predator story. This yeah. conversation included so much more nuance and examination of the culture and of the people involved, as opposed to just ah, your sure wife, you know, fleeced you and yeah. left you. That bitch. well, remember too though that it's coming from Quark, who is yeah, but like, again, as we said, who... like the authorial voice is not helping. No, like there's a way I that know. it can be delivered that can still make it clear that this isn't just sort of casually or tacitly just. You know, I just naturally or- love Quark. I naturally love Quark. Like I, when Quark talks, I'm like, yeah, that must be what happened because I love Quark. Yeah. Oh wait, he's a liar and a scumbag. I keep forgetting that. Well, I think like my reaction, the, my natural reaction though, is that I really don't like Rom. So I was just kind of like, I don't blame that bitch. I would have left. <laughs> Fuck him. He probably cries out for Moogie in the middle of the night while he's sleeping Ugh. and shit. Can you imagine? While he's know. sleeping. Well, yeah, okay. Well, I wasn't gonna <laughs> oh, go Jesus. there, but that's no. disgusting. No! I thought that's where you were going. No, so no, was it wasn't, make, was but that's it. yucky. But yeah, so uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm gonna put it out there. It didn't work on me. I already don't like Rom. I'm on Prinadora's side. <laughs> I, I, I have become... Hashtag justice for Prinadora. Yeah. I have become all about Rom. He's the best. I uh, but I also bats. don't blame Prinadora. I feel like her father was making her do things because he's awful. Yeah. Also, I also feel like they just did this story because at some point the writers probably thought, oh, yeah, if he has a son, he must have fucked once. <laughs> like, I feel like, 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 and exactly yeah. they kind of just hadn't really thought yeah, about well, that. I feel, because I feel it's like, unnatural to think about. It's gross. Well, uh, I mean, I think that that's exactly why this whole this story was even included in the episode was because... If Rom, like people would be naturally asking, wait, if Rom is 
this bad with women. True. Mm. How how mm. is Nog? How is <laughs> Nog? Yes. <laughs> He's fine. Um like because just the absolute tripping over himself he does, you know, and and whatever, that's fine. Being being timid is 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 a fine trait for him to have and it it makes sense with his character as we've seen it so far. Oh yeah. I was going to say, I mean, I have I have a dating history and I still related way too hard to Rom's just uh uh okay bye. Yeah, oh yeah. 100%. But yeah, no, I don't know. But yeah, I no, think... I think I think what you say makes sense. Like that was just sort of the like what is Nog's, you know, like relationship with relationships? Yeah. yeah. Like was this was this, you know, the prom? Or whatever the Ferengi <laughs> version is. Oh, God, well, Ferengi I mean, it could also wrong. be like, we don't know how Ferengi are born. I mean, it could be like... Eggs? They it, like it, eggs. Could be like it could be like <laughs> salmon, where like, there's oh, just <laughs> some eggs and... No, that's what they but, did with Odo. That's yeah, the thing. Right. Based on the fact that they are clearly evolved from frogs, <laughs> they should be eggs and spawning, but they clearly have a more mammalian-style generally one at a time sort of thing. Oh, they yeah. did they did a doofy doofy thing this episode where Zimmerman and and Lita are up on the balcony and Rom's oh, trying he to tunes listen his in. Ear. So he like oh, hangs yeah. his ear manually towards the balcony and oh. he like, you know, uses it like a satellite. And, and when I when, when that scene started very briefly, I was like, is he just gonna sit down, stare at Lita and masturbate? That's what I thought too. <laughs> Why is he <laughs> masturbating to their date? Ah, <laughs> uh, and then and then Chris was like, "Oh, he's tuning his ear," and I was like, "Oh, okay, good," because that's not what it looked like. <laughs> yeah, at first, before I said it, I was like, "What is he doing? Why is he? Oh, he's tuning." It's like the that's problem, why he can't get see, a date because he won't stop touching himself that's, in public. That's, the, that's their chickens coming home to roost because if they hadn't spent so much goddamn time making the ears into a sex organ for the Ferengi, oh, yeah. then we wouldn't have had that thought. Nope. We wouldn't yeah, it's have. basically well, like, and like, I want to listen in on this conversation. Let me, let me just aim my dick a bit. Or like, actually like, you know, like women, like using their nipples as tuning knobs. Like, ooh, 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 oh, I'm picking it up now. Like, well, <laughs> oh, well, only God. because, only because I think of the, the ears as being a sex, uh, a secondary sexual organ. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure the dick is, you know, so. I think the yeah, best fair, advice yeah. I ever got from a woman was, you know, it's like, for the love of God, their nipples not volume control. <laughs> so. That's no, true, though. Wait, wait, what? They're not? <laughs> Jake is, like, furiously scribbling down notes. Not <laughs> volume controls. Don't aim ear in public. <laughs> don't, don't adjust dick while watching Girlfriend on Date. Like, uh... Oh my! Oh, so awkward. Anyway, <sighs> yeah, but uh, Jake, I'm not surprised that you had the same thought, and also, of course, I'm delighted to not have been alone in this. <laughs> well, we, I think we all did. It sounds like. Yeah. We were all just like, "What's I didn't, going on?" Actually. Oh, so, fair enough. So I'm he glad I brought it up. Immediately and starts rubbing his ear. It's like. Mm. I just thought it was a stupid thing to be like, "Oh, that's so right, because he has a good hearing." But okay, yeah. now it's even weirder. Great. It I, it would have worked better if he just tilted his head a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because they've never had Turn. to like, or like manipulate his ear, ear even. Before. I don't know. Something something that made it look more like he was I don't know. Still. Uh it's a little creepy though, even you know, just the fact that Ferengi 
use their i mean we we knew that they had superior hearing but yeah like bring it out you know that oh yeah that's that's kind of creepy that he's just spying on their conversation yeah deliberately yeah rom's kind of comes out as a bit of a dick this episode I don't know, between the, the Pernodora thing and, got, and, like, creeping on their conversation. You've got Zimmerman on the other side, though, who's way more of a creep. Like, at oh, the very mm, end, I think sure. he hits on a woman by asking if she's heard of the Kama Sutra, which... He gross. does. Yeah. It's, yeah. So you think, oh, yeah, Rom is the prefer- preferable one because he's so nice. We're really lucky the EMH is not a hornball, it turns out. Yeah. Well, I don't know. This episode, for me... I I like the we get this Bashir backstory. Yeah, yeah. he was That's pretty it. blank slate up until this point, which which is interesting. You know, you kind of like, knew there know, was I, something. The fact that we get some backstory on this character that that you know kind of develops him a little more, we can use that. It's an interesting backstory that we can revisit. I like everything else about this episode. Felt very upsetting. Gross. Yeah. yeah. It's gross. Yeah, I do always love seeing Robert Picardo, but yeah, and I, I didn't think it was a great episode. Actually, one one final note, my favorite, my favorite, favorite part of this episode was watching Hollow Bashir walking into a wall over and over again. <laughs> and I lost my shit. O'Brien was enjoying it too. Yeah. You know, I think I think in general, I feel like the visual effects aged pretty well. Like it yeah they they didn't it wasn't like your classic you know watching an old older tv show uh overlay effects and seeing bashir stand next to himself it like i feel like they got the lighting and they got just in general the seams were were covered up pretty well we did yeah. see well rear admiral bennett showed up and he was in the what the hollow communicator pod thing again yeah i noticed that yeah. they didn't even bother to bring the floor ring from the Defiant but set. But they, they did at least give him a different colored light bulb, like I asked a few weeks ago. That's true. They gave him a different like light. But like yeah. when they showed, because you could, there was a point where you could see the floor and he was, he did not, he was not standing in the magic ring. Nope. No, he wasn't nope. in the little Star Wars ring. But that, and that was another weird monologue. Like, he, like, the, there's these monologues that were, you know, interesting and they made sense to the theme of the episode, but but they didn't feel like they quite fit or they just sort of like nothing else sort of built up to it. Right. So his was on, you know, like why we should, why we wouldn't have genetic engineering and, you know, in this day and age and why, like, we can't let it, we can't let it happen. We can't let it stand. But at the same time, he's delivering all this while also agreeing to keep a genetically engineered person in Starfleet. Well, I think because at this point, Bashir has proven himself unlikely to try to take over the world. Can mm. they take away his Carrington nomination? They um. also, uh, they also sterilized him. Oh no! They also, now that I think of it, drowned his father. Oh! Because yep. remember, New Zealand doesn't exist anymore. That's true. <gasps> That's right. That's right. Wait, yeah, what? By, in in first... Uh, first Contact, when Picard is showing Lily the Earth. There's no New Zealand. There's no New Zealand next to Australia. Yeah, so Tasmania is there. So, so we know New Zealand was New destroyed Zealand look what in World War Three. Actually, actually, oh my God! So for all we know, New Zealand it wasn't destroyed in World War Three. It was destroyed during the eugenics wars. Mm-hmm. So sending Bashir's father to New fitting, Zealand is fitting. code for we're gonna kill you. <laughs> Fuck. 
I mean, or, do, do we ever see Bashir's parents again? Or New Zealand is just Atlantis and it's all underwater now. Mm, I was going to say. He has to lead the tours of Hobbiton while wearing a big, like, diving suit. I would go just on a big tour. bubble. Yeah. 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 yeah there's. I, oof. Like, there's I really so liked. Mm-hmm. Uncomfortable ethical aspects of the, like, fact that. Like, I get, yeah, you punish the parent because the kid didn't have any say. Yeah, he was six or something. But the idea that Bashir could get fucked by this is like, yeah, no choice. Yeah. This was done to him when he was six, and it sounds like mentally barely six. So like. Yeah, but it also sounds like. a question of consent. A big part of it is the deterrent factor. Yeah, I know. Like if the, if the, if by. If you say to somebody, if you genetically engineer your kid, you're going to go to jail and we're going to ruin your kid's future. But that that's is a, like that's a I pretty mean, big deterrent. Like I get it, but that is so just more proof that at the end of the day, the Federation is kind of sketchy. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. that would definitely like, be against Federation principles. Oh, it I'm should sure it be, but apparently, but it, it, isn't. it could just be a threat too. Like it could mm-hmm. be that in every instance, this is what happens. Yeah, will yeah, they track down the doctor who did it? Well, no, because well, it, it sounds like, like they. They went to a completely alien world which probably isn't even part of the Federation. Okay. Mm. It's like going to a different country for cheaper plastic surgery. Yeah. That's right. All right, guys, we've been talking about Bashir and Rom for a long time. Do you want to talk about Bashir and Odo for a while? (laughs) Odo nearly walked into a wall. Okay, well, the hits keep coming this week. Next up, we have a simple investigation. Dun, dun, dun. All right. We're oh, gonna begin wait, with I just this thought one. of it. Yeah. It. I'm God sorry. Damn it. Did we already say this? And if we did, I'm really sorry, Jake, for interrupting you. But could they also be wanting to, like, keep him close to keep an eye on him as well? Bashir, that is. Maybe. Mm. Because if they're worried about a Khan Singh, I feel like if you've got this superior human and you slight him, he's more likely to you know, be on a bent for revenge. Whereas if you leave him in his position where you can keep an eye on him and make sure he's not, you know, that makes wreaking sense. havoc and gathering allies and stuff. That makes the most well, sense. I mean, like, cause if they disenfranchised him now, like they stripped him of his titles and kicked him out of Starfleet, he would very, he could very well be picked up by the Maquis. Yeah. Yeah, Who's the one keeping track of him in this case? Cisco. Cisco? No, bad, bad idea. He's a True. He's half busy there, being a prophet. I'm sure there's people keeping an eye on him. It's, it's, I it's, do like, it's though, Odo. that Cisco's immediate Odo, response okay. was like, we're gonna get this taken care of because you're still the best damn doctor. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I liked that. That's I good leadership that right there. Cisco's response. He's yeah. the best. He's a good manager. He's got your back. And he loves gossip, as we find out in this episode. Yay! Hey! So, uh, yes, in a simple investigation, let's see, uh, we open up the episode, we got some dude, uh, some rando, and he's being confronted by these two other randos that, like, are clearly, like, the enemy duo from a early 90s Saturday morning cartoon show. I thought they were, like, the people, like, the guys from Home Alone. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, there's oh, these... I I was calling them Horace and Jasper from 101 Yes, oh, that's even better. There you go. Oh man. So yeah, you get these two Sorry, like bumbling looking like, uh, villain guys, and they're talking to some dude, and then they kill him for some reason. 
there's a lady at Quark's and she's sassy, but she's observant and she notices that somebody's cheating at, at Dabo. And she tells Quark, who's creeping on her, that he should pay more attention to his Dabo table than to her titties. So, uh, yep. And then Odo pops in and is like, oh. I want to see those titties. Uh, and then she starts, she immediately flirts with Odo, says he has bedroom eyes. Oh, my. Um, Which I actually was not aware of what that meant. Apparently really? it means he- heavy-lidded or half-shut Reminiscent of a hazy, dreamy oh, look. I thought it. Oh mm. my! I thought it just meant I want to fuck you. Yeah, they're come uh, fuck in me your eyes. bedroom. Boom, boom, well, boom! Right, I want like, you in my room. But like, what like a specific kind mean? of fuck you eyes? Yeah, it's what yeah. Nala does in The Lion King. Yes. Oh God. Well, yeah. I would definitely call those fuck me eyes, but I don't know if I call those bedroom eyes. No. Well, no. if, if lions use the bedroom and not just the floor <laughs> of the of the jungle. The jungle floor, floor of the jungle? Eyes. Who installs floors in the jungle? People who live there, I suppose. I guess so. Anywho, where was I? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so this woman, you know, she's flirty and mysterious, and Odo immediately takes an interest in her and, like, follows her around for no reason. Mm. Um, come to find out that uh, she's trying to meet somebody. Uh, she's trying to meet up with somebody at the station, Surprise, surprise, it's the guy that got killed uh, in the teaser. And uh, we discover that the guy was killed, so there's a little uh, murder mystery going on. And then, like, for some reason, she goes and gets this microchip out of the lockbox at this bank. And they're like, what is this thing? Oh, she also, she's also got, like a, like, a data port on her neck. Not, like, a data Zoom-type <laughs> data, but, like a, like, a, you know, like, a USB port. And, uh... I don't fucking know. Um, yeah, so the two bad guys are still hanging around. Turns out they actually want to kill her. Odo and her have, meanwhile, started a relationship. And there's some kind of awkward uh, sex stuff happening. Um, there's a little, you know, they do some linking, which is apparently pretty, pretty pleasurable for humans to be linked with. And uh, it's, yeah, it's all, it's all a little uncomfortable. By no fault of anyone, just you know, Odo's weird looking. <laughs> um, well, I, and I'm uh, not sure that's why, but no, I know. Um, <laughs> but at any rate, turns out that um, yeah, uh, I'll just skip to the end for Christ's sake, Jesus, I don't, nothing really happened. Yeah, it turns out that the data rod, the, the 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 microchip that was in the safe, was actually her memories, and that she was a secret agent the whole time. And her Just like handler, Julian Bashir, my God! And her handler <laughs> shows up to like plug her back in, and then at the end, it turns out that she she had a wrinkly forehead, and uh, Odo just doesn't dig it, so they don't <laughs> pursue the relationship. <laughs> oh no, actually, no. It turns out that she uh, she had a husband. She was married, and uh, she's not into Odo. Well, she is into Odo, but she's also into her husband, and uh, so they're not going to have a relationship anymore. In the, I'm not even going to call it the B plot. Julian is trying to get everyone to go and do another James Bond adventure in the holodeck. And um, Miles is upset that he has to play Eyepatch Guy that he <laughs> didn't actually play in the other one because those weren't, wasn't actually Miles. It was just a hologram that looked like Miles. Yeah. yeah. But Bashir decided that Miles is the Eyepatch Guy now. It suits him. Well, but he does he, uh, do a good job, yeah. So, yeah, there's a, there's a few little... Uh, interludes i guess in the episode there's one where odo is hanging onto a moving limousine 
um talking to talking to 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 Bashir about his his lady troubles. Yeah. Why? And then and then like because Bashir was distracted by Odo, he ends up getting caught by Miles and the game is ruined. Miles Which who... was kind of fun. Like that was the fun scene in the episode. The rest of it was I don't fucking know. I really enjoyed how Miles went between voices because he's like, ah, never heard of that. Oh, hi, Constable. Ah. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was a good touch. <laughs> that was it was just like the most like I've just walked into the middle of a LARP. Oh, hey, how's it going? Yeah. yeah. I want to start off by apologizing to Liz because I know when we we did um, Our Man Bashir <coughs> a million years ago and I referred to this episode as, oh, yeah, the next time that we're doing more Bond stuff, only we can't call it Bond stuff because lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I invited Liz to be like, hey, we're going to do more Bond stuff. Oh, it's like a scene and a half. Sorry, Liz. I thought there'd be more. But yeah, it's okay, because we had a real Bashir episode, too, so. Oh, that's Yeah, true. yeah. Because when you're like, oh, yeah, come back for the second one. I'm like, did, I don't think they really did a, another full episode of that. And then no, when it was set up in the beginning, I was like, oh, okay. I saw yeah. it referenced because this, you know, obviously, as I mentioned, like, they're not allowed to talk to, like, make big bond parallels anymore because the first time it turned out was a bad idea there are parody laws mgm you fucks yeah i like that they don't even name the, the character when they're talking about it at the beginning when they're talking yeah. about who julia who, who julia would play you're just like yes i know of course i'm going to play that character so you think when he was clinging to the uh clingins limo hey <laughs> When he was clinging to the limo, like, Odo's bottom half was like a red wagon or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> squeaking along. I don't know. Could Odo actually make... That's a good question. Could he make a wheel? Or, you know what Because he, yeah. he'd have to... Because the axis... But there's a thing. Like, the, the axle... Oh, it's not connected to him. It's not... Like, the wheel mm. has to spin on the axle... So would That's the once question. he formed the wheel, like he could be the axle, but if he formed the wheel, would the wheel revert to gelatinous state because it's not technically? I mean, there's always at least some contact between components. Yeah, but I don't know how. Uh, I don't know how changeling shit. Maybe works. if he kept his concentration up real hard, it would just keep destroying and recreating the wheel maybe, as it's moving. Maybe. Oh, but he's concentrating or... too hard on his boner at the moment. So. Mm. Alternately, he just made the bottom of his feet ice, and he was just skating along, like, Ooh. Or he was flintstoning the whole time. That's possible. <laughs> Maybe or he, he just, parasail. he was the whole limo the whole time. Oh, there he is. <laughs> and he was the in the holodeck. the wheels. That's true. <laughs> That's true. No, he was, he was the window. Ah. I don't know. I, I found the, uh, it was actually somehow sadder. That, you know, she didn't know who she was, and that was kind of what broke things off, as opposed to, like, she's just a lying con person. Mm. Like, I was ready for that. It's like, oh, Odo, what are you doing? You're blinded by your boner. Like, come on, man. This isn't going to end well. And it's like, oh, oh, no, it, it oh, I, yeah. I wasn't prepared for this, and now I'm sad. Yeah, I, I, I remember feeling like she should either be a con person or she gets killed somehow. Like, like I didn't, I did, I, I would not have foreseen the ending that they went with. You know what? That, that stupid? Is some... I had, I had another stupid thought because you know, as the last one, I, I misremembered that Julian didn't know he was augmented. In this one, even though I had read the synopsis beforehand, and I'm watching it just because the whole tone of the episode is. Let's do a noir again, but not have it actually be noiry. Just the character is noiry. 
Yeah. I thought that it was a hollow program and that because mm. because Odo didn't want to play with Julian's hollow program, that this whole thing happened to be a hollow program and that she was <laughs> never real. <laughs> I mean, she wasn't real, sort of. She was like, what was this race called again? The uh, Idanian. Yeah, the Idanians. Idanian. The Idanians pull some Cardassian level shit for their intelligence. Mm. Well, they got to take down the Orion Syndicate. It's yeah, hard. Yeah, the fucking Orion Syndicate. They got to stop blue balling us on the Orion Syndicate and just <laughs> fucking show us something. God damn. I mean, they had her go full total recall, basically. Yeah, yeah that that's was what. It, yeah, basically. I feel like that's not like, that far off from like. I mean, you know, like even in the real world, you know, the, the they're not they're they're not exactly amnesiac about it. But like when you look at like illegals in espionage, like in the Americans, yeah, sleeper, yeah, sleeper agents, yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's it's you know, but this is that that sci fi version of we are literally going to wipe your memory because we have the tech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's interesting. I just felt like I don't, I don't know what I didn't like about this episode, except that it just didn't work. Like the mm-hmm. whole yes, her memory was wiped so that she could be this sleeper agent thing is interesting. And yes, her having a relationship with Odo was very nice. They had chemistry. I like them together. But just overall, all of it meshing together, it just felt like it. Well, it wanted to be noir, but wasn't pulling off noir. Yeah, and it wasn't. It wasn't meshing into the non-noir setting enough, like into the maybe. Trek and maybe setting. it was that also every single fucking line that came out of her mouth was a come on. It was so yeah. much. Oh my God, all like, of it was, it was too much. I have multiple lines quoted here where I'm like, oh, someone in the writers' room is very pleased with themselves. Tell, like, tell me these lines. Oh, like just like, are you telling me you're doing this out of the kindness of your heart? I don't have a heart. Could have fooled me. Or <laughs> the one, the one where I actually just like went, oh, was, uh, I don't want to cry. The dead don't cry. Oh, God. See, I wrote down, oh, are you going to strip search me? Oh, mm. Jesus. Oh, gross. Everything about that relationship feels incredibly inappropriate anyway. Like, you don't fuck someone who's in witness protection. <laughs> mm. Right? Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't think. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I mean, he didn't know that she was in witness protection. He put her in witness protection. Oh, 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 you mean in his witness protection. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's what I mean, though. That's fucked up. He's like, you're in protective custody. It just feels like a weird power situation. Yeah, no, she's emotionally, she's emotionally Beaming her into his quarters to be like, here's a safe place to hide. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. He thinks. Want to hang out on my jungle gym? It feels a little quid pro quo, I guess, is what I mean. It's like, well, I'm going to protect you, but also we should fuck. Cool. Yeah, because it's, like, it's not like she can, like, her alternative is to be thrown out into the cold again. Right. Yeah, so exactly. Odo initially thinks that she's just looking for her daughter and that this guy, Tovid Rem, who got murdered the hell out of, mm-hmm. has info on where her daughter is. Which is then such then, a noir, like, Well, I don't think he really reveals, believes her, though, because he follows her, so I don't think he actually believes that. I don't know. But then it's revealed, oh, no, it's because she's in the Orion Syndicate, and she wants out and has info on Drame, the uh, the big Orion Syndicate boss. Yeah. And then it's revealed that there's like, there's an additional twist. Mm. Yeah. Too many twists. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, there, obviously, obviously there wasn't a daughter. Um, yeah. No, that was know, her but... lie. And then there was the lie that was her memories, which were a lie. And then there was the actual truth, which, for all we know, is just more lies. Yeah. Well, but like that- honestly, I I agree though that like the noir aspect of this episode didn't work, and and I think I think the reason is that they didn't lean 
enough into the noir. Maybe. Like, in their previous noir episode, you know, I don't remember what it was called, but it was the one where Odo was investigating the whatever, the murder. Yeah. The old, yeah. The old murder in the apothecary uh, shop. Deep throat, but not really deep throat. It mm. was like bright eyes. You know, they really leaned into it. They even had him do the Columbo turn and everything. Yep. Yeah, um, the lighting was different. They were also right. going back in time, but the lighting was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, like, you know, all they needed in that episode was, like, the light being broken by a ceiling fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they should have done. I think. I feel like if they had done more of that in this episode, Jake, I would have been have, more on board with it. You have shit on ceiling fans before, though, so. <laughs> what? What what did I have what did I have against ceiling fans? Oh god, there was Oh, oh, Riza. Yeah. It's cuz Riza oh. has really cheesy like 80s ceiling fans. Oh, I yeah. thought you yeah. meant literally that he had shit on ceiling fans. <laughs> no, it's no, hilarious cuz when people turn it on and just spray shit that. everywhere. Oh, it's no. Horrible. <laughs> oh, oh no. The sea would do. You're right, Jake. I, I they they didn't commit. Yeah. I think what it I think it's I think yes and no. I think what you're talking about is it's not so much that they didn't lean in enough. I think they they use the wrong noir elements to keep like Maybe. that mm. dialogue from her cheesy as shit. It like yeah. it was just too much. It was so it was extremely noir, but like, oh, God, it was the wrong part of the noir to keep. Like they kept I that meant, and they tossed everything else out. I meant yeah. what I said about I your eyes. Well, like, it maybe would have been <sighs> less garish if they had committed to the rest of it. I think it would have been You'd be too like, much. of course, they're doing, they're going full stupid, so why not? <laughs> no, but I think they could, they, have, they could have made it good without keeping the dumb parts, you know? Uh, they could have, but they didn't. Because I feel like in, if, you, if you keep the, like, you boil it down to the essence and you keep the elements of it, the elements are what make it work, you know? Like the two, you know, the hitmen, you know? Once I realized what was going on. Yeah, after after the after the opening scene, I was like, "Huh, okay, like that's that's the setup." They go into the episode like, "Ah, this is noir. That's who those two guys are. Those are those two. Well, they're except, henchmen." And I feel like you, they were done guys, better. As everyone said earlier, though, they're henchmen, but they're henchmen out of like a cartoon. Yeah, sure. Not yeah. out of a serious movie. They're like, well, I thought it was set on stun. <laughs> I think I think tonally they didn't nail it. I think that was meant to be less goofy and more. You know, like we're just cold-hearted killers. We don't give don't a shit know. about. I feel life. like I feel like the, it started with the casting because they mm. they they had it's the classic duo. It's the yeah. classic yeah. wet bandits duo. It's the it's the tall, serious one, and and you know the the sh- the the shorter, chubbier one. Well, it's the other way around with the wet bandits. That's true. The though, wet bandits are backwards. The, yeah, he's yeah. the serious one. Yeah, but still. But yeah, no, either way, it's slim guy and fat guy. Yeah. I don't know. I also think, though, that one of the things that this episode really lacked for me was that Fair. those 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 assassins mm. spent the whole fucking episode hiding out in a cargo bay, eating hasbrat, mm. eating food. Like there was no, like there was no, like in a noir, you know, somebody they, they would have shown themselves. They would have made an attempt to to kill her or something, yes. and, and Oda would have had to track them down and. And, you know, follow the clues and and that and we'd solve it like we solve a mystery, not she just decides, well, I guess I'll give up. Yeah. Or whatever, for whatever reason, she went to the cargo bay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like Like, "Mm." there's one scene where they were watching her at the bar and then they just went to the cargo bay. Yeah. 
the Orion Syndicate is seeming, you know, it feels like they're just like not that bright. Yeah, I guess I guess the element. So like they got the character of the noir detective idea of being, you know, attracted to the femme fatale and all this, but that they forgot the most important part of the noir detective story is that he's a fucking detective. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's a good. This point. is this is a noir guy. Not a noir detective, just just a noir dude story. Right. It's let's have Odo pop his cherry. Oh, yes. No, which was no. which I don't like. Okay, can, can we try and put a finger on why the sex scene was so but uncomfortable you to, to watch? You have to word it like that. Yes, because it was uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Like why? Like, but why though? I'm trying um, to like. I've, there's been other sex scenes and things that don't make me uncomfortable, but this one really did. Is it because they had to shave Renee Abergenois' entire upper body? Oh, I read Jesus that. Christ! Oh, is it? The, is it the fact that, that Odo bothered with so... nipples? What? Why did Odo bother with nipples? They weren't so tiny this time. They considered mm. hiding them or like putting like a thing over them so that he'd be just smooth all over. But then they didn't do that. Well, he he just lived as a humanoid, so now he's just going to imitate that body more because he is fascinated by the experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he, I'm sure he added a, a couple centimeters here and there. They like, expect nipples? nipples for some reason. Oh. <laughs> yes. I like ah. that uh, she was impressed by his prowess. I, oh, I like your theory. Yeah, I feel like uh, What's the he apparently theory? did. He apparently did good, so I'm guessing like Curzon rubbed off on him a little oh, bit. Oh, that's a good theory. Oh, I like that. Yeah, use Curzon's move. That's my move, Jerry. It's <laughs> oh, no, a lot of Seinfeld oh, in this episode. Yeah, apparently it's the new Batman. Sorry, Ames. That's fine. I'll take Seinfeld over Batman. Wow. Actually, I read that uh, Ronald D. Moore thought that the relationship would have been weightier if Odo had still been a humanoid. Because he was a humanoid for a good while. And being able to have a sexual relationship as, you know, when you are, when you think you're going to be stuck in this body forever is probably different, though, than when you're, yeah. when, I'm going to say skin you're more comfortable in because he's not, it's not really Odo's body. It's the body that he gives himself. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And I don't know if I agree with Ronald D. Moore because I think it's more important to Odo when he feels like he is the thing he is versus stuck in the body that he can't get out of. I don't know. I feel like there would be different kinds of tragedy for him at the end. Yeah. Because, like, he ends this episode, like, that's the one thing that I liked about this episode is, is at the very end, when the last, our last look at Odo, I, I genuinely was like, oh, he's now even lonelier than he ever was. Yeah. I also thought it was a nice slash sad touch that Kira was like, oh, you should definitely see her. Yeah, but there was a little pause. Twisting that knife. (laughs) But she's definitely like, she was showing, like, you know, in her behavior and her pauses, like, where she... You know, when he shows interest in in another woman, that she's actually kind of hesitant and thinking like like there's a hint of something between like from her toward Odo. So Odo is her backup guy, huh? <laughs> yeah. When everything be. else yeah. fails, she wants him to uh, she wants him to remain single just in case. If neither of us are married by the time we're forty. Thirty, <laughs> yeah, thirty is when oh, God. it's over. My mm, best friend's sure. wedding, Deep Space Nine style. <laughs> Perfect. I did. Uh... I did like the fact that just, I mean, it was stupid, but the fact that just the whole of Ops knew he got laid. Oh my God, I did like the conversation. 
I hated the conversation, but I did enjoy that, like, he got on deck, and there was this extra just standing there, and even the extra looked over at him like, <laughs> you fucked. What's kind of dumb about that? So in the scene prior, you know, when he goes into just some random quarters and said, this is where Elvis is going to be staying, and then they beam over, it's so that the fucking hitmen don't know where she is. Right. Did putting her in the quarters of the security chief is probably not the, the last place they'd look. Probably the second place they'd look when they go to those quarters and realize she's not there. But, like, they did that so that no one would know where she was. So why does everyone know where she was? Because Odo was wearing the same clothes he wore the day before. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like the, the, whole, the whole idea was that the the crew, like his buddies on the crew talking to each other, you could at least reasonably hand wave it as when they're having these conversations, they're in like they're where they're in secure locations. Like they're only talking about it like, you know, on on the bridge or something like that. Like they're these not talking about it on the professional hitmen. No, they? they're not. That's they're true. They do suck. <laughs> they're buffoons. Yeah. I don't they're, the know. Dumb and, they're the dumb and dumber of hitmen. They are. They able. also didn't even go bother going to her quarters. They just <laughs> stayed in, in the cargo bay oh. and waited for her to show up. They were waiting for orders from Drame. But this reminds me of another thing. So we haven't touched upon in like many, 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 many episodes now that the station has weapons sensors. Nope. That only work mm. only work when they're not actually working. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was actually so I I I found one thing I found interesting about the like the the opening scene and and the investigation of it was huh so you know I feel like I, I was trying to remember how many times it's come up before that when someone is vaporized by a phaser whether or not something is left behind of oh, them. Oh, there's residue. Yeah. So then I started poking around in Memory Alpha, you know, on pages about phasers and, and the stun versus the kill beam and the different levels and the heat mode versus whatever. And um, it at one point it gets referenced that in Undiscovered Country, like that was that was a plot point where Chekhov demonstrates that setting off a phaser on the kill level sets off alarms. Mm-hmm. Well, that's and on a Federation like starship. True. This is oh, a Cardassian yeah. space station with shitty sensors. True. Very shitty sensors. Yeah. I had and the same also, thought, and that's how I explained know, it away. We also don't know what that weapon that's true. was. Like, true. It, may, it, may not, like, it may not have been the same technology as a phaser. It may have actually just spat out a, uh, a column of flesh-eating bees. Oh, no. Mm. That's Maybe a worse. Tiny, that's a worse way to go than the than that awful, awful weapon we saw in the most toys. I was, I was gonna awful. say maybe it is the thing, the Kivas Fajo yeah. thing, that is the most <laughs> agonizing way oh, to die. God. Oh, or the way that uh, Chorus was killed in that other episode. Yeah, I Sorry. actually thought Garrick Garrick not being this episode was strange. Yeah, I guess maybe he would be too smart. <laughs> I mean, just in the, just playing with, with Bashir, he wasn't there. Mm. You'd think that that role was Odo. Odo's being grumpy and said, "I don't want to. I don't want to play a role in which I have to see a woman because I'm weird about women, like Rom. Everyone's weird about women." Uh, but yeah, they should have asked Garrick to play. Garrick has already made his opinions of that program clear. 
But we know his opinions on Bashir, and that's that he will play with Bashir. Well, but he's busy playing <laughs> with ZL right now. Thank oh. you, Liz. Sorry, it's true. No. It is. Ooh. Oh, whatever. I don't approve. I don't, I didn't say I approved. I know, I just wanted to say that I don't. Chris. Hashtag nobody cares about your boner. I will say, I, like, I think another favorite moment, going back to the, the crew gossip, is when Cisco walks in. Oh, yeah. And That's they're like, nice. oh, he was with a woman like last night. And he's like, yeah, he was like a woman. That's nice. <laughs> I loved it. I loved That is the one reaction. part of that scene I approved of, it aside very, from the extra. It was so Avery Brooks. Yeah. It, was, was, yeah, exactly. it wasn't even in character. That's just what Avery Brooks would do. <laughs> well, that was, that was again, that was Cisco regressing to being with Curzon back in the day. Uh, mm. so did, so See, it's just more proof that he pulled some Curzon moves. Worf is there, being a wet blanket, as he usually is, saying you shouldn't be gossiping on the bridge. But Probably it's very so. clear that he secretly really wants to gossip with them. I did. Oh, God, though. Like now, anytime he opens his mouth, like my note, my note, as soon as he opened his mouth this time was, oh, my God, Worf. <laughs> yeah. I just want to keep being like, shut up, Worf. Why do I suddenly hate you more than I ever thought I would? See, now you understand why every time he recommended something to Picard, he was like, no, Worf, that's not necessary. Play you completely order. get it because you're like, shut up, Worf. <laughs> he still hasn't recovered from the Risa episode. I still haven't Ugh. recovered from the Risa episode. No one ever will. Mm. He was just such a dildo. Like, that was a turn I did not expect, and it was very upsetting. Yeah, no, that's what, I really the liked Worf. Yeah. yeah, I really liked Worf up until then, and I'm one of the few who really liked him with Troy, and, like, I was like, yeah, you know what, I'm okay with that. Like, I, I have stand Worf, and now I feel like mm. he's betrayed me with his bullshit. Yeah, yeah, no, that episode is like... And treating sex workers like trash. Like, fuck you, Worf. That mm-hmm. episode really should, is just better, better forgotten. Yeah. Well, I, I like it, so fuck that was... you. <laughs> anyway. Um... Wait, I, how could you like the episode? It made you hate Worf so much. Oh, I thought you said that relationship is better forgotten. No, no, that episode Oh, oh yes, forgotten. no, that episode sucked. Fuck that episode. What were you going to say, Jake? Um, I was going to change the subject. Uh, Can I change the subject if you don't have one please. prepared? Please. All right, so the thing that I found... Typically interesting because I'm me. Hello, I'm Ames. Oh, hello. Um, was so Orissa has this data port in her neck. Yeah. And we learn that, and we don't know if this is the real story or if this is the implant story, but we learned that she used to like do basically cam girl stuff. Yeah. And the line was, duh, 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 I let men into my mind for money. And that's a really like black mirror kind of concept that I'm mm, like, damn. Yeah. Black Mirror should do that, and that would be a great episode. But I thought that was, like, it's it's a very interesting concept. It's also where you can see that uh, the internet was clearly starting to become a big thing in the real world, and now Star Trek's trying to pretend it all always existed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting concept. I, the, the context in which it was brought up was not my favorite, because it was already, like, uh, it's a black I'm, mirror I'm, concept. Not it's a, a great, it, like the concept. concept itself. Like, sure. I mean, I think there there definitely could have been, a, like, there definitely can be ways to explore it even in a Star Trek concept. But like in this case, I was already not enjoying the way that the femme fatale trope was being invoked, and it went mm. from her being like, you know, the very old school, uh, you know, I had to give up my child because you know morals, 
you know, mm. translated into Star Trek. Now it's a uh, tragic sex worker angle. Okay. Well, oh. what's a nice that woman now? like you doing with a data port? Oh, that's Jesus. a bad <laughs> oh, That's what he said. That is a line yeah. from the show. That is his, yeah, that is exactly what Gross. he said. Yep. Uh. All I could think of was the uh, VR sex from, um, Oh, from, uh, Demolition Man? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Girl, Jesus. Still haven't seen Demolition Man. It's a damn we should movie. do Demolition Man. There's VR sex? Mm-hmm. I'm in. I mean, you don't see much. You don't it's see all it. weird flashing lights, and it's oh. unpleasant. Well, that's lame. Uh, it's very yeah. pleasant. <laughs> yeah. Sly Stallone isn't going for it, though. <laughs> Which, considering he started in porn, he should have been better at that. Did I yeah. know that? Yeah, he started off in porn. Hmm. Uh, don't know if you knew that. I knew it, though, and I think I found out about it because it was like Death Race was like his first real film, wasn't it? Outside yeah. of the pornographies. I think you oh, still wow. see him naked in it. Hmm. In Death Race? I think so. No. I feel like there's a big orgy scene or something. I think you see his hog. Oh, what? I could be wrong. <laughs> I feel like I would remember <laughs> you that. Know, Speaking it, of orgy It's scenes. only because it's the 70s that, that, that I'll allow you to call it a hog. Oh, that's why I did. Oh. Like, it, it, it is not a hog anymore. It's only a hog in the 70s. That's right. No, speaking of orgy <laughs> scenes, so after our weird sex night, Odo <laughs> mentions to Orissa, like, I've had what you would be, what would be the equivalent of a sexual experience before on my home world. Mm-hmm. What was he referring to? The, he the joining the link? The- Female changeling, maybe? Is that sexual? I mean, he seemed to be getting off on it in that episode. I'd never considered that they would consider it sexual. I know we joked that it was sexual. It might be that... I also thought of that female changeling as his mom, so that really fucks everything up. I feel like he's probably making a comparison without it necessarily being a one-to-one comparison. Why is he making that comparison? Because she asked... Yeah, to try and quantify, you know, like to try and to try and make a connection to try and quantify like what he's experienced mm. and what he understands humanoids try to get out of a sexual experience. Oh, so like that idea of like, because it was more more like intimate than sexual. Yeah, then. I, think, oh, yeah. I think that's okay, probably yeah. that better. That's what that I did think. not come across in the scene for me. No, it it, it was a little the the way it was worded. Yeah, the the dialogue in this work. episode uh, has problems. Yeah, no, sure. it's not good. With the exception of that's nice. <laughs> I don't know. I did love all of um, Miles's jokes as Falcon. They were all great. Um, yeah, it's true. This is why you shouldn't stop for hitchhikers. Lovely. Good job, Miles. <laughs> uh huh. I, I wish know. we could see. I wish we could see more of that character because that was delightful. Should, I yeah, think there should be. A, I think we should write to, to to CBS and say we need a spinoff of uh, yeah of the the Doctor Bashir and Miles O'Brien spy thriller. Mm. Not not even in the Star Trek universe. It's it's <laughs> just it's just a James Bond esque show. Perfect. I'd be down. As long as we get more more uh, Noah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Is uh is Avery Brooks retired from acting? I haven't seen him in something in years. Oh. Avery Brooks. Anybody Didn't know? he retire? That's what I was asking. No, oh, I, thought, I thought he did. I hope I not. Know, is that... I feel like I heard some... Like, I don't even remember where I read it, but I feel like I read somewhere something about 
Like he wouldn't do a Cisco show. He's in retirement. Well, I know that he's like I know he's retired from Star Trek. Like he's he's been pretty clear that he doesn't want to return to that character. Really? Yeah, I feel like that's I don't know I don't maybe maybe it'll come up. uh, I'm sure when we're done watching the show, we'll watch the documentary and maybe it'll come up in that. Mm -hmm. Um, That just feels like a damn shame. Can we have a Jake Cisco show that we refer to him all the time in? Right. Yeah, I mean, according to Wikipedia, his years active were 84 to 2011, so maybe he is retired? Yes, huh. so. Yeah, I thought he was, but... Yeah, I guess, I mean, that would make sense. He's a great actor, but he hasn't shown up in anything in a very long time, so... Everyone has a price. Get some dump trucks of money up to that man's home. Listen, I tried to order a cameo from Cisco. <laughs> Didn't work. Ugh. <sighs> It was a good cameo. I, that was yeah. still the best. Yeah. I'm going to be floating on that for the rest of the year. Fair enough. We should send her this episode so that she can hear it. Oh, God. <laughs> we don't even talk about Kira in this episode. She She's in it for two it. minutes. I know. Yeah, it's true, fa- true facts. I hope she doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> Odd. Uh, I disagree. Yeah, as I say, we have a fan. We have a, a good new fan. Yeah, a fan that be, when you put would shit be good on it, it have... spins around, gets shit everywhere. <laughs> it would be good to have one fan. I mean, <laughs> 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 if I if I ever thought this was going to be listened to by anyone actually professionally involved with Star Trek, I'd uh, there's a lot of jokes I would have edited out. <laughs> there's a lot of fisting jokes he would have removed. <laughs> I ask you to every week, and you never do. No, no, but believe me. Episode 190, I think, 8 or 9, there was a lot you said cut that, and it got cut. I'm glad. Well, I don't even remember. You two were in rare form. And you cut it? It was bad. Put it on the blooper reel. (laughs) Anyway, I think we're done. Yeah, we've been going for a while. Let's, uh... I've got one more note, though, that I want to get Yeah, I want to get it. And it was the first, like, that first scene with... Odo and Arissa in his office, mm-hmm. where he he walks in and there is a, there's already a Bajoran in there with her. That like oh, yeah. out to Odo. Like that dude was like I'd never seen someone fill out a Bajoran uniform as he did. He was huge. <laughs> that, You're right. Yeah. My note was oh damn beefy Bajoran. Like <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember this Bajoran. I have to go look him up. I also was, didn't notice was, any beefy Bajorans. He was jacked. Bajoran beef. It's what's for dinner. Beef Joran. I was thinking beef Joran, too. <laughs> that sounds too much like beef jerky. You think their cows wear the earrings, too? Yeah. <laughs> beef jerky. Depends on their dejara. <laughs> Dejerky. Perfect. <laughs> oh, no. We're getting punched. Oh, boy. I hope Kira listens to this episode. Jake is oh, no. out, Caitlin. Just for the beef jerky jokes. Oh. All right. But we're here for Well... Boy, if you if you liked that, if you like want to hear that. more, if you like that, you want to hear you? more. Plenty. <laughs> what would you say? I said, what's wrong with you? Yeah, we always say that. 
It's good. No, you know what it is? Honestly, this is the pickup artist's guide to getting more podcast listeners. We're basically Ugh. podcast listeners. We're basically just negging them. Like That's right. Yeah, well, if you weren't so ugly, you wouldn't like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you have to listen to such this lame podcast. Anyway, no, that's terrible. But uh, if you did, if you did like this and you want to hear more, uh, Star to Steer Her By is available where all fine podcasts are sold. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts, and also Twitch or Stitcher? Stitcher. <laughs> Stitch, twi- Switch, Twitch, Twitter. <clears throat> anyway, uh, you on can your find Nintendo us on Switch. <laughs> on your Nintendo Switch. You can find us on Facebook by searching for A Star to Steer Her By. You can also find us on Twitter and Tumblr uh, at SSHB Podcast, or you can find our website at SSHBPodcast.com. Join us next week when we will discuss two more episodes, Business as Usual and Ties of Blood and Water. Can't wait to see what those are about. And uh, as usual, I have been Caitlin. I have been Jake. This has been Chris. This has been Ames. Oh, and this is once again Liz. And Liz! (laughs) Thank you, Liz, as Ames said, which I talked over, sorry. Hey, thanks. Yeah, thank you, Liz, for coming and bringing some class to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah that's sure. actually what it really should have been. If you liked this and you wanted to hear more, we just want to warn you that Liz is not always here. <laughs> uh, You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, until Gotta... next week. Always be careful when you sign an extension to your marriage contract. Damn. Ouch. Ouch. Ouch.